Hey, we are back with another episode of the Wholesome Black Man Podcast. Your host, Donaldson, here. I'm just coming back in. Thank you for your uh, listenership. And we're going to get right into it. And I wanted to talk about a few things that happened last week. It's a week, this is a weekly podcast. A lot of news I don't get to catch up on or talk to you guys about or convey my thoughts on it. So this segment is just what is called What Had Happened Last Week. And yeah, a few things that caught my attention. Um, one is a story that's been going all over social media. It's crazy, but what went on? Um, over in Southeast East Asia, I believe, a lady had died by being trampled over by an elephant, and then the elephant came over and re-trampled a dead corpse. Um, yeah, like I said, when I heard that story, it was wild. Apparently, this elephant had. Walked 124 miles uh, from an um, local conservation. And they said for an elephant to travel 124 miles, basically it's about a week's journey. I was like, so to me, I was like, how mad was the elephant <laughs> to search out a person, basically? Because an elephant's brain keeps basically everything. It's, uh, saying uh, elephant never forgets. So, theory is that the woman may have done something or looked like someone that had done the elephant wrong at one point in his life. And basically went out to search, search his person out and trap him. So, it looks like a case of revenge. I didn't know elephants were capable of doing it. And uh, for the ability to come back to his fun- to the person's funeral and trample over the uh dead body. I I thought that was fishy, but again, uh wildlife experts have said elephants have a strong sense of smell. They can smell up to ten to twelve miles. Um and Southeast Asia they have a well with their funerals they often burn the body. So with the funeral pyre, which is what it's called when they burn the uh, bodies of the deceased, the smell can go, basically can go out farther, allowing the elephant to know oh, where, uh, what was going on or where the corpse was. So, yeah, that, that took the case. <laughs> so, it's one of those things where it's funny, but not funny. It was just a crazy story that I heard. Um, Last week, uh, and it's going into a little bit into this week, a uh, heat wave has officially hit. Um, especially on the East Coast, it will be certain cities will have rolling blackouts. Um, this is just a sign of global warming. People try to deny its effect, but I live in Florida, and for me, Florida has always been hot, but this is a whole different kind of heat, to be honest. And it's hotter, more consistently. And, yeah, so if I have any listeners that's up in the East Coast who's going through that blackout, um, certain, especially larger cities, certain builders don't even have centralized AC. Um, So this could be very disruptive to people live, can... um, People couldn't possibly end up dying of heat stroke, so I'm going to keep an eye out on that. 
make sure I follow up on news with that. And like I said, I work outside, so it was a few times where that heat really got to me. I had luckily I have a whole bunch of water that I take take with me, um, keep me hydrated. But if it wasn't for that, uh, boy, yeah, it'd be I'd be in trouble. <laughs> but yeah, and another sign to global warming. Again, this happened last week. Um, that I just found the news out that olive oil apparently is going to be going to a shortage. Um, again, global warming with the climate. Also, um, with COVID-19 not having workers to properly farm the the uh, vegetable. And a certain kind of bacteria has really dampened uh, the amount of olives produced. And then that will also end up playing a factor for olive oil. So, me as a black man, uh, especially black Growing up in the South, uh, I primarily use olive oil for my cooking. So that's something I'm looking out for. But also, growing up in the church of Pentecostal in the South, use olive oil for the anointing. So I'm not sure what that's going to be looking like for the churches coming up. But hopefully it doesn't have um, too much problems. Uh, if you see olive oil, make sure you stock up because you, who knows you might. Not be able to get some for a while. And then last week, uh, gas prices went to all-time high, average of $5 across the country. Um, that was last week. It came down here in Florida for a little bit. But that actually kind of led me into this topic for this week. But the fact that gas is actually higher when the price per barrel is lower than what it was before the Ukraine war, it really shows that this country is gouging us um, every little pinch and penny. We're going to have inflation here soon. Um, the price of eggs could possibly end up being up $10, $12 for a dozen. So it's like every little thing is almost attacking finances, it seems like. And that's a big issue for us in America because Again, basic American lives week to week, uh, making struggles to end me. Uh, and it had me think about for those people who have kids and how their their ability to be able to provide for them. And like I said, my mind kind of has like a track mind where I think about one thing and then it leads me down into a rabbit hole. And... How can people provide for their children and what that will ultimately look like for me when I actually have kids one day? And I actually have to ask the question to myself, would I actually be able to to afford kids? Not saying I don't want kids, because of course I do. But logistically speaking, to provide a great life not only for myself, for my future wife, um, Would that actually be a possibility where I could do provide a life for both of us and then bring children and give them the um, best life to get them in the best circumstances for them to improve in life? Or would I be, um, again, having kids but 
struggling to make ends meet and then perpetuating a cycle of, I don't want to say poverty, but just a cycle of week-to-week living. Not only for myself, but then again for my future kids. Um, or, and then if I do have kids, they will have opportunities to make better of their lives, of course. But I have to selfishly start thinking and really evaluating my life. Yeah, are kids on the table for me? Uh, is having children, is that an actual possibility? And it's kind of scary to think about because it's almost like the, the decision is being made for me if I can actually, if to actually have kids uh, by, by financial means. Because some people, you know, some people just don't want kids and that's not actually a bad thing. Um, if you know you're the type of person who wouldn't do well in raising a child, the best thing for you to do is be like, yeah, not have them and then not only you be unhappy, but bring a soul into this world and give them um, complexes or pass on insecurities to them or not put them in the right place. So for people who actually know themselves well enough to know that they don't want kids and actually kind of have a certain respect for them type of people because everybody not meant to have children. You see in the news where parents are abusing their kids and you be like, what would possess a type of person to do that? It's like the type of person that was never really meant to be a parent or just a outright selfish type of person. But yeah, so I've been looking. Uh, there's an article in Forbes that was released in 2018, I believe, that children, if you kind of divvy up the cost of living, um, keep them fed, clothed, um, medical expenses, basically all the upkeep it would take to bring up a child from the year 2000 to 2018 it's like half a million to basically raise a child financially that's one so two is like a full meal um and that that price ain't nothing gonna do but go up so i'm looking at my life i'm like dang i want children but it's like ugh would that be the could one i know i could do it um, mentally, physically, spiritually, but the financial side—that's where it's, it gets dicey. And I'm saying I'm broke or anything like that, but it's just like, man, with this, with this world, and you see the erosion of the middle class. It's just something that has to be thought about, not just an emotional decision, or just something I always see myself wanting, wanting it, and then not thinking it through. But yeah, so it's just more of uh, kind of ask the question on Twitter, like again, how, like how are people just affording to have children, children at this point? Because this is, to me, it's a legit question. But yeah, so I looked in, um, talked with some. I got a brother who has uh, a few kids of his own. Talked to, uh, and. He kind of installed some wisdom into me about what needs to be done. And we're just more of, yeah, okay. Uh, I feel like I can do it, but, man, it's one of those things where I'm unsure. And as a man, you don't get to 
going through life, you don't really get to be unsure. You don't get to say, I don't know. You always got to have an answer, which is a, a stress in its own right. But when you got a family looking at you, yeah, you got to have the answers. So, yeah, it was just more of I kind of dove into... I kind of dove into articles and let my mind track of what it would look like for me to one build capital or build things that would allow me to one get into a better financial place and how that would help me with future children and can't find in my notes but one thing that kind of jumped out to me was called, I believe it was called the Haslow Hierarchy of Needs. And what that is, is a study. Um, famous therapist, he actually um, did a study of what children would need, the basics, necessities, before you can actually get into more um, detailed stuff. So, in terms of mental health uh, in children, a lot of times things fly on the radar, um, children go undiagnosed with um, certain mental illness because one, they could be high functioning in that mental illness or the parents just don't have enough time or resources to really go into that level. And to the average person, like mental illness should be like a necessity, but you got to think about what it would, what it goes into that. You got to have your child see a therapist, psychiatrist, um, be able to afford uh, prescription pills uh, or medicine to um, have an effect in that child's life. And for most people who work 40 hours a week, if you got multiple kids, uh, it's hard to make that balance to where, okay, I can check in on my child, make sure they straight, um, or make sure if they need anything or if I'm missing something that I can just check in with them and get the, get them the help that they need or can I afford to get them the help they need. So... The average parents have to worry about get putting food on the table, having uh, clothes on their back, having a roof over their head, and those the, those are the three biggest things that the child needs, and the bulk of energy goes towards that to where most people can't check in on their kids like they really want to. That leads to you know kids getting older and not having a certain kind of relationship with their children. Like with me and my dad, he was always working. And he worked so much to a point where he didn't, any of my games he really didn't go, go to. He went to a few of them. Uh, and again, that was all to put foot on the table. I have a massive respect for that. But that did lead to a gap in our relationship now to where I'm an adult and I don't really talk to him in the, talk to him the way I should or if I do talk to him, it's almost awkward over the phone. I could talk to him face to face pretty good, but like over the phone, it's just like ugh. And I and people I'm close to, I don't have that problem with that in any way, shape, or form. And again, I know what he did was to 
was again to ultimately um, give me opportunities that he never had. Um, and it didn't quite work out with me because when I was going to go off to college, needing you know financial aid, my parents got divorced, and my parents uh, I had basically when it came to financial aid, they still lumped them if they were together, as if uh, and that's what the tax uh, bracket I would fall into, and it was just like okay, I couldn't. Per school for go to to secondary school or um, college levels, and then I was like, okay, once you know everything works out the way it should work out, um, I could qualify financial aid. I will do that, and it went from one year to two years, and then next thing you know, I ten years down the road, like I've tried to do um, associate's degree, didn't work out, but it was just it kind of disrupted the flow. And again, that's a financial thing because I knew that. Both my mom and my dad would not be able to help me with anything when it came down to it. And it was, again, and that's a financial burden that for a a lot of people, it's not everyone, of course, but there's a good chunk of people that could lean on their parents and get an education um, because the parents got money like that or the parents have saved up, put up money into an account and funds and, and did things to work basically put their child in a better place. And that's just not my testimony. But again, I, he, I do love my dad, I do love my mom. They trained me up in a way I should go. Um, feel like I'm a pretty good person because of their teachings and what they installed in me. But again, it was just one of those things where if they were in a bigger tax bracket or made more money, uh, they would have been able to look into, th- into things not only for themselves, but, you know, it could have ended up ultimately helping me. And it's just like, okay, I'm looking at the situation where I'm in right now. Like, again, I if I were to uh, have children, I do got insurance. So, um, health insurance, stuff like that. Like, I'd be able to, like, handle it, but I'd be so much in the paycheck to paycheck. Um state to where when I probably would I be able to save but I have a retirement afterwards where I end up basically one of those people that's on track right now that's in their 30s that's going to end up working the rest of their lives or retiring at a late age and it's just one of those things where I'm like one that weighs on my mind selfishly but then when I start back it's like okay then what kind of um life could I provide for a child and that's the big thing and I know it's not all financial but it finances make a a big purpose or a big part of that and it's just more of going through as a man looking at the society um, seeing what others are going through my heart is going out to a bunch of people because again when you do have money, it seems like you can't even get the things you need because just last month, going into this month, there was the baby formula shortage. Uh, people were, yeah, people literally couldn't get baby formula and there's a percentage of women that can't uh, breastfeed. I believe I looked up it was about 15%, what is 
because the body doesn't produce milk or they are medication for high blood pressure or something like that that would uh, ultimately be in the, in the bloodstream or be in the breast milk itself to give their kids so they can't do those type of things. And it was just, yeah, I just really looked at it. I'm like, man, we are in a weird time. And it is very upsetting, again, because if you're like me, my parents told me if you do this, this, and that, it's going to work out and you'll be able to get there. And now I'm sitting here. I did most of what it is. So it's like, okay, if I did most of it, I should be in a pretty good place or somewhere close to it. And it seems like it's just farther and farther away. And it leads to me being upset. I'm not sure if anybody else is feeling that type of way. But, yeah, it's like, so I have this kind of anger that I'm walking through every day. Um, and I really don't know how to basically release that anger, if that makes sense. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that feels this way. And I'm just... Again, looking at I'm getting older, I was expecting to, by this time, at least find the person that I will ultimately spend my life with and and be in a place where it's like, okay, I can afford I can afford to have a wife. Uh, I'm saying that, ladies, that y'all are objects that could be purchased, but as a man to be able to provide. Would I be able to do that? And just looking at, and the way I was taught, it really was the man provides for his house. It, the way I was taught, the man provides his wife, his children. Uh, well, first it's God. He five things come. So it's God, his wife, children, his house, and the last thing is the man himself. Like you take care of yourself. And it's just like I wouldn't. It's like this feeling like I should, should be able to do all those things, but because of the society that I'm in and the financial place or tax bracket that I'm, in, I'm at, I won't be able to ultimately have the things that I want in terms of great relationship, um, having a marriage, and having kids, having a house. And again, since I was raised a certain way, I was told if I do things a certain kind of way, it, that would work out to me, for me. And there was a lot of things left out in terms of like, okay, keeping up with your credit and um, keeping up with your credit and to make sure you know that's like, because I was never really taught credit. So in order to get the house, I'm kind of learning that from my mid-20s and still learning stuff now in my early 30s. And it's just, Again, it just puts you in a space where, yo, have I been lied to? And it's not the fact that we've been lied to or if you brought up that in that kind of way. Uh, it's just that society has changed in a way where that viewpoint is obsolete. Or, I'm not going to say obsolete, but you have to have a certain uh, level of factors that will make that work. Like, again, so, again, if I want to just provide it for a wife, and take care of everything myself, which is, again, what my dad did because my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Like, I would have to make six figures because the average person makes 45000 times that by two, that's like 90000 And then, you know, if you want to, you, of course, you want to have more so that way, you, a little bit more so that way you can have savings and 
be able to take a vacation. So, and then again, we add kids into it. You have to be deep into the six figures for me as a man to be able to just to handle everything on my own. And, and that's what I was taught. Like, you should be able to handle that stuff on your own. It's like, oh, I might not be able to, to get there, and now I'm a less of a man. And that's that feeling that I think that what anger comes in. I'm not sure, ladies, how you feel or what, um, or what you was told or promised, or if you did such and such such way, your life will work out that way. Um, maybe you can get at me through my social media and let me know, so that way I can get that feedback, because I do want this to be kind of a discussion. Because I know I'm not the only one that's feeling like upset or frustrated with the times. Or I should have this by now. And the fact that I don't is making me feel like a failure. Or it's making me angry. And just. And I'm more coming into it like. Since I am a man who really wants children. I'm looking at it as like. My ability to be a man and provide. Because of the times, it's seriously called into question. And it's just more of the things of, it's more of in my head, because I know if I have, if I were to have a child, I will make it work. But it's just a feeling, it's just like something in the air with everything that's going on in this world. Because one thing is like, okay, the child gets here, will I be able to, you know, provide extra medical care? If you don't have a child that's completely healthy and you don't have insurance, uh, medical debt is the, one of the biggest causes of bankruptcy. Um, if you don't, well, let me see, say it like this. If the child um, has, again, like certain mental um, illnesses or like certain mental capacities like autism or things like that, could I be... Could I have the mental and spiritual bandwidth to provide everything that that child needs on top of what the finances? And that may sound selfish, but because we are in a capitalistic society, finances is going to tie to just about everything that you do. Now, learning that now, it sounds bad when you say it out loud, but it's just how our society has worked, how it has um, moved. And it's just more of what would I what would I do to make ultimately be the man that I know I can be and what I'm um, working to get to so what I did was I looked into some alternative ways to build capital build wealth um, going to share a few of them with you and basically you know the biggest way to build wealth in this country is to buy a house, but with the market where it is, I'm nowhere close to doing that right now. Um, but yeah, I was looking into it. Um, so there was a few big things that jumped out to me. All of it's basically investing, <laughs> investing or getting side hustles or side gigs or getting a high paying job. But there are certain types of investments um, that you can do that I looked up. So for first kind of one is the accounts that build interest. So that is 
um, certain savings accounts. Um, and savings accounts, for the most part, are a joke because back when our parents told us or our grandparents told us to save money, you actually, when you saved money and had a savings account, they actually gave you a 6% interest on annual interest on what you were saving. So, so basically that's, if you had $60,000 in an account, a savings account yearly, um, you get about like four grand and in interest in your account. But now it's like you get 0.009% on anything that you save. So you have money in a save account. It's just basically sitting there. And the banks are actually taking your money and investing it anyway. So, and how that works is because banks are insured for money. So if they were to lose your money, they have insurance to reimburse you. So say if a, if you bank with Wells Fargo and they were to quote unquote invest in something and it goes belly up, they have a type special type of insurance, FDIC, that will allow you to basically make sure your money is okay. But while your money is sitting in the savings account, checking account, they're basically just investing it, and that's how they. That's basically how they really get their money, and and charge you fees for, of course, holding money. But yeah, so again, so one account that kind of brought interest to me, like the save, uh, in terms of building wealth, is called uh, REIT or Real Estate Investment Trust. Basically, is how you invest in real estate without having to put large sums of money. Like instead of have to, you know, put forty and fifty grand buying a, or like trying to buy a building or rent out a space, you can kind of do this with you know, depending on who you go through, five hundred dollars, a thousand, um, and that's how you get into it. Um, again, side hustle. So basically. People that do like to have a job but then do Uber Eats or Grubhub or anything like that, which is I think I might end up doing, cause I just need you know, like a few extra dollars somewhere. Um, there are certificate of deposits or CDs. So basically, it's just you put your money in the bank. Um, they will basically take your money. Um, again, use it as investment, but then. They give you 5% on whatever you have in. And you can actually add into that account uh, every so often. Of course, 401ks, IRAs. Um, I'm actually looking at the pros and cons of a 401k as an IRA. Uh, 401k is basically investments through your company that you work for. IRA is more of an individual based. I'm the type of person I need to be more mentally engaged. Um in life when it comes to everything I just can't go day to day and not really have something to think about or have something at, at my hands to do that's part of the reason why I created this podcast because I just needed a creative outlet or have something to have my mind activated uh, I think I'm switching from 401k to a um, IRA like I said it's just more of an individual base it puts more control in my hands um, get a little bit more oversight because basically with a 401k, you see the money go up and down, but you don't really know like the ins and outs or where is it being invested to. IRA, you get you can see a little bit more than that. So I think I'm just going to switch over to an IRA. Um, 
again, dividend stocks. So these are stocks or ETFs that you buy into. And while you're holding them, every quarter they give you um, a percentage um, back, basically. So say if you bought, let's just say if you bought a few hundred dollars worth of stock, like 200 um, what happens every three months, they'll give you back some money. So about, say if you bought $200 worth of stock and you have like a 5% um, interest rate. At the end of that quarter, you have you have about, uh, $200. You get basically like 10 bucks back. And that's doesn't seem like a lot, but at the same time, you have to look at it as money is not, that hasn't been worked for. So... A lot of these things that I'm learning and what I what I want to do before I have kids to be able to afford to, I have to build up very very much passive income. And again, my worries is if once I have kids, I won't be able to do none of that. <laughs> All the money would basically just go to them, and again, it will probably end up me working for longer longer, pushing retirement back. Um. And. Just ultimately disrupting the flow of plans that I would have, want to have with my future wife, such as taking trips, seeing the world, which I want to do. There's a lot of places in this country that I haven't even been to that I want to go to, let, it, let alone I want to travel the world, too. Um, but, yeah, so there's things I've just been looking at. Those are like the big three things, the certificate deposit, the REITs, the dividend stocks. Those are big things uh, that I was looking at in terms of, Building wealth to be able to afford kids. And I don't want to make it seem like, you know, children are a burden or they just take away financially, so therefore they're not worth it. That's very much not the case. But if we're being smart, and a lot of men do feel this way, just a lot of men do think in terms of providing and providing usually meaning financial, there's a lot of men that view their families as basically transactions. As I'm spending, I'm going to have to spend this amount of money to make sure they're good. And not really knowing that, okay, you can, some families, you know, you're doing real well, you know, you get really high into those six figures and you provide for everything. But those people, some, they don't realize, like, those men that doing that, sometimes they don't realize, like, yo, your kids really want your time. Kids really want your attention. And that's why I'm like, can I afford kids? Because would I be able to not only afford them for financial stage, can I afford to give them their the mental bandwidth of being engaged? Uh, make sure I talk to them, know them on a personal level. Make sure I know them on a spiritual level. Uh, can I afford to um, just take time and and talk like so when I say can I afford kids and I spent the bulk of this podcast talk about financial because that's where mainly our minds go to but there's so much when I say afford can you afford to be around them spiritually could I give of my spirit and part of them and it be something good because a lot of times for people that can't really make 
good connections and relationships, they're like spiritually bankrupt or it's like they're spiritually drained. They don't have nothing to give within themselves, the most inner and personal part, parts of them. So it's like I'm looking at this, this, this status of this world. Again, I am applying finances to it, but finances ultimately is end up um, affecting everything else. Because sometimes you know you finance, it will if it's not right, it will actually affect affect you mentally. Start becoming depressed. Uh, finance, you don't have enough, you can't have insurance, you can't check up on your health or take time to step away to be healthy. And just all those things, like, it just makes it go like, dang, can I afford kids? And it's just more of, I'm just looking at this world and the society, I'm just, heart goes out to people who have raised kids through COVID-19, especially young ones, infants, toddlers, uh, adolescents, preteens, because parents are doing a big job. And then, again, these kids got access to everything, so they see everything. They got to see the school shootings going on, um, probably know somebody who died of COVID. Um, they actually know a little bit about this news in terms of what's going on with supply chains. These kids are very smart. Um, and it's more of, again, can, will this society, will this environment that we in actually course correct to where we can all be our best selves? And the older I get, the more is that, the answer to that question is becoming no. It's going to be, you have to take, be proactive in being your best self. So it is going to be having to be checking on every little thing that's going on in your mind and your spirit and your finances. Because not that it was always easy, but it's coming increasingly harder and then you just have to put in a little bit more effort. So I just wanted to basically convey my thoughts of what I am feeling as a man uh, who doesn't have kids. Um, if there are any men out here who do have kids that listen, uh, be sure to send me some feedback on this through, again, through social media, uh, any ladies who have kids, and just basically kind of chop it up with me. Let, let me know what you're thinking, what the challenges are that you're going through. Um, and also just one continue to just if you have kids loving your kids if you have people that's close to you love on them and just make sure you're in a great space with yourself I know we are all going through things but we all can make it and this podcast is basically just here to encourage us and to make us think and to basically just bring up questions of what need to what needs to be done in our own lives or what we see that we can help out in other people's lives. But, yeah, so I'm signing off. Again, this is Donaldson of the Wholesome Black Man Podcast. I thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to hit me up. I'm going to be changing my social medias around um, to a more succinct uh, platform because I have too many social media names, so it's hard to keep up with me. Um, but on Twitter, I am at Donnie Hathaway. Um, kind of spelled like Hathaway kind of spelled like Hathaway um, so H-A-S-A-W-A-Y
a lot of A's there. Um, that's Twitter. Um, on TikTok, I am on Donnie Wholesome. Those are two largest platforms that you can reach me at. I will be making an Instagram um, very soon. So again, so again, bear with me on on the uh, social medias. But again, you can always follow me on those platforms. Uh, chop it up with your boy. Tell people about me. Oh, and also, give me some five-star reviews. That actually helps me out um, in terms of getting bumped up in ratings and getting listenership. And, again, I am thankful for you guys for listening. I got some things sitting down the pipeline that I'm still trying to work on for this podcast, get myself uh, better and better as I do this. But, again, I just thank you for rocking out with me. This is just what's been on my heart and mind for the last week or so. And next week. I'll see you then.